In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. On Monday, when I took a glance at the lessons to think about what I might say on Sunday, I forgot that we were transferring the Feast of St. Matthew, so I first glanced at the lessons for the 17th Sunday after Trinity, which was the story of a meal, a dinner Jesus had at the home of a Pharisee on the Sabbath day. <clears throat> when I realized, I turned to St. Matthew's Day and found a gospel that tells the story of a dinner Jesus has with tax collectors and sinners about which the Pharisees criticized him. So it was interesting just to meditate on that by way of, of contrast. At the dinner that would have been our gospel for had we been celebrating Trinity 17 in Luke 14, <clears throat> Jesus uh, was eating dinner on the Sabbath day at the home of a Pharisee, and two notable things happened. First, a paralyzed man came in, and Jesus healed him. And the Pharisees were upset about this because they had developed the understanding that to heal the paralyzed man on the Sabbath amounted to working. That's not really in the Torah, per se, but it's part of the tradition they had developed, so they thought Jesus was violating the Sabbath uh, by, by working and healing. And then after that, St. Luke tells us that all the invited guests jockeyed for the best seats at the dinner. And Jesus made some comments about that. In our gospel today for St. Matthew's Day, <clears throat> Jesus is with a different crowd. He's eating with tax collectors and sinners. And the Pharisees criticize him. Uh, they considered the tax collectors and sinners, this group is really best understood as non-observant Jews. Uh, the Pharisees considered that Jesus eating with them uh, would, would make Jesus unclean. <clears throat> Their sort of un uncleanness would pass to him. And Jesus explained that no, he uh, had not come for the righteous, but for those who actually needed someone, that, that those who are well don't need a doctor, but those who are sick. <clears throat> so he was, he was tending to those who needed him. In the first century, a meal was understood to be a sign of fellowship with those with whom you ate. And fellowship implies acceptance, love, even perhaps communion. The Pharisees thought that one should only have fellowship, therefore, with those who were wholly devoted to God's law. To do otherwise implied approval of those who were in rebellion against God. And it made the clean unclean, kind of like playing in the mud after you take a shower. Jesus, it seemed, it seems, viewed a meal more as a means of outreach and grace. Eating with those considered to be unacceptable showed that he cared for them and wanted to enter into a relationship with them. For Jesus, this acceptance did not apply, or this meal did not apply any acceptance of, of their sinful behavior. Rather, it was space, the meal was space in which he got to know people and could invite them to follow him and change. It was a sign of grace. Certainly, many who had a meal with him ended up not following him. <clears throat> but because Jesus reached out to them and ate with them, they would know that their decision not to follow him was not that God had rejected them, but that they had decided not to follow the call of God. 
And these stories present sort of two ways of looking at how the church might act and operate. We can be the community of the righteous whose main task is to build a fence around our community so as to save ourselves from the pollution of the world outside of ourselves. And then having done that, we can mostly be concerned with our status within the community. We can fight with each other about who is most important, like the disciples did with Jesus just before the Last Supper. Or we can be the community of the redeemed, whose own sins have been forgiven by Christ and who desire to invite other people into this experience of grace and redemption. And if we are the second kind of community, then we will also see social space as a medium of engagement with the world. We will want to eat and drink with sinners to let them know that Christ loves them and to invite them into this new way of life that we have experienced, we have discovered in Jesus. We should make one note about this in terms of eating and drinking with those who are sort of not, not believers is it presumes that this missionary idea of eating presumes that we are strong enough that when we eat with those who are not believers, we aren't drawn into all that they are doing that would in fact make us unclean. But that we are eating and drinking with people in a sense of representing Christ. We have enough strength in our faith to actually bear witness to something and to call people out of this other way of life into a new way of being. And here is important to understand the distinction between what uh, the scriptures or the gospel talks about the righteous and the sinners. The Pharisees were wrong in their distinction between the righteous and the sinners, wrong in the way they understood it. And this error is the main reason Jesus criticized them so harshly. The Pharisees believed they were righteous because they had zeal <clears throat> to observe the Torah and the tradition that had developed around the Torah observance. Those who did not have the similar zeal to observe the Torah and the tradition were called sinners. So one's zeal to observe the law made one righteous, and those who did not choose to have the zeal to follow were sinners. Jesus taught, and the whole New Testament teaches us, that no one can be righteous on the basis of one's zeal for following the moral law. Because no one is able to follow the moral law in all its fullness apart from the experience of forgiveness, which sets us free from our guilt, and apart from the gift of the Holy Spirit, who gives us power to live in a new way. Sin is present in everyone's heart. And beneath the religious facade of the Pharisee, Jesus saw just as much sin as he saw in those they were calling sinners. The sin of the Pharisees was just easier to hide. It tended to be more subtle. As Jesus said in Matthew 23, quote, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. St. Paul, who's kind of a, a, a pattern for this whole distinction, helps us understand it because he was a Pharisee. He believed all those things until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus in Acts. 
<clears throat> and after his encounter with Jesus, and which made him aware of his own sin in persecuting the church, he came to see things in a new way, as he explains in Romans, quote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Since all have sinned, all need to be forgiven. Everyone needs the great physician. And we acknowledge this in the liturgy. We come to confess our sins every week. Repentance and faith are requirements for communion. We are not ready for communion if we come to the altar saying, I'm glad I'm not like all those bad people out there. The main distinction then is not between sinners and righteous. The main distinction is between those who, on the one hand, have repented and are in the process of repenting of their sins or putting their faith in Jesus and beginning to change, beginning to allow God to do his work in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And on the other hand, those who do not acknowledge their sin, or if they do acknowledge it, still refuse to repent of it. Our growth in Christ is a growth in our repentance. The more we grow in our faith, the more we see ourselves as we really are in the light of God's presence, and the more the subtle hidden sins are uncovered. This is why one of the paradoxes of faith is that the farther you grow in relationship to Christ, sometimes it seems like the worse you get, but it's just the uncovering of more things in the greater light of day. The experience of grace, therefore, is what we want to share with people. We are not saying that we are righteous and all the people out there are sinners. We are saying that we have experienced God's grace in response to our sin. And we are ambassadors for Christ who want to introduce him to others. Thus, it is our vocation as a missionary church to eat and drink with sinners who are just like us except they do not yet know Christ and have not begun yet to change or be changed by him. As Jesus said, quote, for those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.